0: Hello, and welcome to the Euro One, episode number 41 for the week of March 4th, 2019. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about the last Super Saturday of Selection Season, as well as selling seashells by the seashore.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry for all the S's in the yeah. opening copy. How's it going, nice Ben? try.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not today. Ah, uh, it was a big weekend.
1: Yeah, and kind of a relief after all of the craziness that happened the weekend before.
0: Yeah, like, it was It was nice having a weekend that that was mostly just business as usual, mm-hmm. in, in the best definition of business as usual, looking ahead to some of what we're talking about. Right.
1: I guess maybe we should close up the loose ends from last week's oh, episode. Oh, yeah, we
0: should totally talk about Ukraine briefly, because we were speculating at the end of last week's episode that it looked like they were either going to be reaching out to the second and third place acts to see if one of them wanted to to represent them or or, but they were also negotiating with the ebu to be like hey can we just like not this year and it turns out they talked to second place second place like no thank you they talked to third place third place was like thanks but we'd want to win if we're gonna represent the nation so then they did go to the ebu and it sounds like they were able to back out i have no clue if, if money was exchanged for that probably because it's it's after the deadline
1: so far all i've seen is that ukraine has withdrawn and that uh they're planning on being back next year unless russia wins and then unless russia uh, wins
0: and then yeah. like, well no we should really be punished for backing out of 2019 and we're just going to sit here and not participate
1: yeah. Real gross situation all around. Uh, although I, I did think it was kind of funny when they were checking with the third place team, uh, third place act rather. <laughs> <laughs> it was a group. So they're kind of a
0: they're team. Anyway, a they're basically yeah. a team.
1: Yeah. And the first report that I saw was the broadcaster was trying to contact them and just could not get a hold of them. And I'm just thinking, he's like, oh, maybe they're just not returning their calls. It was just kind of a funny development in this very stressful very frustrating situation because like the fans really wanted to see maruv and we're not going to mm-hmm. get to see her and that is very unfortunate but mm-hmm. get your act together ukraine come
0: on yeah come on let's see and then tickets went on sale surprise <laughs> uh uh yeah no tickets literally would, would had like a surprise beyonce-esque announcement on thursday That, hey, tickets are going to be on sale tonight. Hope you're ready.
1: And of course, no one was because it's just like, hey, press release at like eight in the morning. Be like, oh, all right, cool. Like, yeah. Speaking of Ukraine and like sort of the bizarre lack of organization they had in 2017, we're getting a lot of repeat business on that this year. They had to suspend ticket sales because since nobody was prepared to purchase tickets, uh, all of the algorithms used by scalpers to like get premium tickets, they were getting all the tickets.
0: Sort of like when you go to an all ages show and you're like, how are all of these children here? Like, mm. and, and down the block, well, it's because they have nothing better to do and they're ready to go at all times.
1: Israel really needs to get their act together.
0: 2019, it's a mess. Let's talk about things that we also don't have logistical stake in, namely this week's selections the first one up on the docket so Belgium who had previously announced their their artist Elliot released the song wake up I came to fight I came- Okay, so this is, I want to say, produced, if not written by the same team that did Blanche's City Lights a few years ago. And I definitely kind of hear their sonic fingerprint here.
1: Absolutely. This song, for me, it's total mic nip, but it Mm -hmm. is also a total rehash of 2017. 2017 is just going to keep repeating itself this year, I think. Belgium's in a particular lane. And like I said, it's mic nip, so I'm Mm -hmm. a fan of it. But I'm a little concerned that maybe... Being in the lane could also be in a little bit of a rut, and I'll, I'll be curious to see how the fandom responds to this one.
0: Yeah, I, I did not have a chance to check how this was polling in the people who do the YouTube videos with the countdowns mm-hmm. uh, before the show, but like I like this one, but I, I think it has kind of the same kind of electronic production that might be Mike Nip, might also be kind of Ben Nip with this one. Yeah. Uh, I like it, but I have like other favorites... I have I like it. I th- I would like it to do well, but I'm not necessarily rooting for it to win. Although it it still feels early to say things like that.
1: I don't know. Like I I'm not getting the sense that this one has the groundswell as uh, a couple of the other entries that we'll be talking about in a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. Uh, but yes. I don't know this. This one also does feel kind of like a grower. So it could be like kind of having this quiet entry and then just kind of building up support and building up support and. Mm-hmm. When we check back with this one uh, in a few weeks, I'd I'd like to kind of see how our opinions have shifted. Uh, I I think this one's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, this one's an interesting data point to watch.
1: In terms of competitive selections, uh, Belgium was an internal selection. Finland had their UMK presentation uh, with Darud and uh, Sebastian Raymond. Three songs were presented, and the one that ended up walking away with the ticket to Tel Aviv was Look Away. So, UMK was interesting this year. What did you think about the staging for this one?
0: The staging for this song, I thought it was, it was fine. It was, it was fine. I think you you can only present a DJ plus a vocalist in so many ways, and they definitely thought about ways to keep it interesting with like that rotating cube thing. Yes, just in terms of very specific notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the bit where. You're clearly supposed to be focusing on the screen where the, the dancer is supposedly submerged in water. If you're like me and you're looking at the top of the box, you can see her like laying down on, on top of it. And I was just waiting for the math magician behind the behind the scenes revealed. Voice to go, <laughs> The dancer is not actually submerged, but laying on top of the box.
1: My thinking of it was the cube rotated and you got the video screen with her submerged and then it would rotate again. And uh, you saw Darude playing a keyboard, winking at the audience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just kind of reminded me of... Of the number wang sketch, where it's just like, it's time for Wanger Gnome. Let's rotate the board. And, <laughs> like,
0: my, okay, so my one production note for this just based on like i think it's fine i think that like some other access here they're building up rather than to the sides which is great because that's gonna be a real small stage i think that this is a decent staging for this song and it gives it kind of like an artisticy thing of the videos for these songs like the video for this one felt like it cost them like fifty dollars and most of that went to the extras they paid to to look away
1: Mm-hmm. This was, of the three songs, the one that I was most concerned about with staging, just because I I just could not conceive of something that would work. And I think this at least accomplishes something. And I was like, oh, they were able to present something that I think can work. I know they're going to be retooling it for Tel Aviv. So I'm kind of glad that's happening. But uh, yeah. at, at least they're, they have a good starting point to work from.
0: Yeah, they have a good starting point. Of the three songs, this was my favorite.
1: Yeah, I'm... A little dubious as to how the general Eurovision audience is going to receive this because there was a 50% drop in the audience from last year's UMK. And oh, uh, yeah, the Finnish yeah. broadcaster is already saying we might change up the format next year. And it's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. not the strongest vote of confidence, even though. No, and like, I'm
0: well, I'm wondering because like Sara Alto, I feel like she had sort of a following, she'd been in a few selections, whereas. This year you have Darude, who is not necessarily who is not who is known as a DJ now as a performer, right? And, like because like Sebastian Ryman is not the draw here. But yeah, like if the Finnish people are not super excited about this, I'm wondering if this is going to be po- like Poland a couple years ago all over again. Oh wait, was that Poland last year?
1: Poland last year, yeah, yeah, Poland yeah, last was a year. A D- yes. DJ doing Weird Arms thing, yeah. They're in an okay spot right now. They know they have some work to do. So uh, let, let, we can see if Finland is able to pull this one out
0: moving on the act i am most excited to talk about <laughs> at all times to all people mm-hmm. iceland had the song of captain final after the first round of voting it was down to the the super final was friedrich omar and hatari the gold final was was tele So i was like yeah hatari has this
2: mm-hmm.
0: and like watching the final on saturday was delightful uh, just because after every hatari performance the crowd was screaming in a way that they were not screaming for any of the other acts
1: yeah, I don't recall anybody being that excited at the Icelandic final, like, in all of the years that I've been watching yeah. uh, Eurovision.
0: The level of noise they were making was, like, with the Grammys a few weeks ago when Michelle Obama appeared and then said one word about Motown. And then the audience just <laughs> exploded into screaming. There are, like, reports of, like, children just screaming the name of the song. I, I'm just so excited about this one. I don't know. this. Is, so, Hatari's song is Hatred Sikra.
1: Yeah, everything about this performance, this song like all of the promotion that they've been doing, like on social media and just uh I mean you you've been like, do you have a Google alert set up for them? Because you keep finding all of these amazing videos <laughs> and articles. And
0: I do not have a Google alert because Google is largely useless if you're an American searching for Hitari. Google has how much of my data, and they keep thinking I want to talk about the the Howard Hawks film featuring John Wayne. Mm. And I do not. I do no. not. I want to. I want to know about the Icelandic <laughs> band. But yeah, like I have found all of these wonderful nuggets uh, during the week. And the thing I lo- I love about this is that there is clear thought and intention going into how they are presenting themselves on a level that I I thought was one thing, and then would find out it was so much deeper. Yes. So they had du- they had report- du- reportedly challenged Netanyahu to trouser wrestling, and then the Israeli press is very concerned. <laughs> uh, to like they they seemed very concerned that Hatari would win, and like that they, they like, win in Iceland, the- or that they
1: win the trouser wrestling match. <laughs>
0: Both, yes. Okay, um, all right. But no, like the one of their their late night programs like reached out to try and contact them, and Hattari was like, "Yeah, we're not going to appear on the show, but we'll we'll send a video message." Mm-hmm. And it's great. And there are two people trouser wrestling in the background while they're while they're reading their statement for the the postcard. I loved the postcards on the Icelandic final because like it felt like some weird PBS travel show that I would totally watch, where it's just the host meeting with some person in Iceland and hanging out with them for the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Again, the boys of Atari are very smart. You you want to show that you're not just like the crazy industrial leather slash latex slash spikes sort mm. of a deal. So it's them like baking a cake with their kids and like doing a thing at the local school where they're doing some probably some dancing slash trouser wrestling slash something or other. And I was like, oh oh wow, like this is great. They're showing that they're they're well rounded individuals. This, is, this isn't them 100 percent of the time. And then I found out that the cake that they're baking basically matches a cake that was baked by one of the independence party candidates in Iceland as part of their their election season <laughs> so even this like seemingly sweet activity this humanizing activity is very calculated and very thought out and i i love all of it oh man like, yeah and like i'm not like a super i'm not super heavy into industrial music but i love this i love this song i like i've added all of their other songs to to my Spotify playlist and like when something new has popped out I'm like oh I like the beat on this and then this and then like the the you know raspy screaming bits start I'm like oh okay cool cool I just like this band
1: they're operating at a frequency that I'm just envious of because it's just like that like like you said like every single thing that they are doing is very calculated and just thought out completely
0: well I've been trying to find looking at people how people are responding to this Mm-hmm. So that I could, you know, to, to gauge my own reaction to figure out if this is me going down the rabbit hole like I did for Pola Punk a few years ago, or if this is like actual the the real deal. And like, people are into it. I think you can kind of see that everything is Jonathan Swift levels of satire here. Yeah, where it, they're not making fun of activism. The satire is the activism, and I love it.
1: I mean, this is one of the most political entries that I've encountered at Your Vision, cool. but it's not
0: like it's not specific about israel it's not specific about about anything with the contest
1: it's just kind of encapsulating what the world is like
0: right now in 2019 <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, eurovision is a big mood uh yeah yeah,
1: yeah. you can't spell catharsis without hatari so uh
0: <laughs> oh that's very good yeah that's yeah I, good. I, I, was, I was i was so
1: happy team. when i woke up and it was just
0: like <gasps> i'm gonna make t-shirts
1: so uh, I guess the opposite of Hatari would be uh, moving over to Moldova with uh, Anna Odebsku's stay. stay.
2: No matter what day.
1: bit of a departure from what Moldova has been doing the last couple of years uh mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily a bad thing like, like I was saying with Belgium where it's like okay you can be in your lane but you don't want to necessarily have that lane turn into a rut mm-hmm. this is not wedding party Moldova it's a uh, power ballad Moldova but I need to sit with it a little bit more but mm-hmm. uh she she sings it very well.
0: What this feels like for me, just thinking in terms of Moldova, is that like this is not the first time where they've gone kind of like a couple years on and then like another year that's sort of a departure from what they've done. Because mm-hmm. I want to say back in 2012, uh, Pasha Parfony had Lautar, which was like mm-hmm. very kind of upbeat, very very rooted in like folk music, but also just very much a, a part like a wedding party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next year uh, was Omiye, which was a much you know was was a ballad and was much was very different from what had come the year before and it's still right. very similar to that where we've had a couple years this time of of sort of very animated entries like last year we had dorados with my lucky day which i i love the staging of that one before that we had sunstroke project uh making a, a reappearance and doing the best moldova's ever done with something that again felt very kind of wedding party very exciting and this is sort of this is this is a different vibe from them But I like it, like of the ballads that have emerged, like this one is is well written, it it builds nicely.
1: Just in terms of the staging, like we weren't able to watch this final live and it seems like it may have been a bit of a budget final, like they didn't have a wind machine, so they had to use box fans to get the wind machine effect, which worked for this song, I guess. But the video of the final performance, you can see her backing singers kind of chit-chatting while she's singing so it's just like all right maybe uh maybe figure it figure out some of the more stagey elements uh between now and may but Mm -hmm. i don't think moldova's in trouble at least not yet uh haven't really thought about it in the context of its semi-final but
0: yeah that 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 feels very important because all of a sudden the contest got a lot weirder
1: yeah, like, this weekend, it got real this, this, weird.
0: This weekend, like, all of the weird stuff happened.
1: Maybe we should move on to the next one and yeah, uh, address that weirdness further. Weird
0: <laughs> yeah, because I, I have nothing else to say on Moldova right now. I, I, I like it, but I also want to see how it kind of slots into its semifinal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Norway had their Grand Prix over the weekend as well. And so they did a format where everybody performed. One round of voting happened. The top four split into duels. And then the winner of each of those duels did a final final where they, they battled to see who would win. So what ended up winning is Kaino and Spirit in the Sky. I
2: hear you calling me at <laughs> and, the
0: and this one features the, the Sami language, which I am a fan of. I am not a fan of the rest of this song though.
1: Yeah, this is very euro pop cranked to 11, maybe 12.
0: Yeah, this is yeah, like this this is this is bad. I don't like this. This like is it's, another
1: it's, one that I really kind of want to sit with, but okay. Yeah, like I I agree with you like hearing like the Sami language and just again, bonus points for being a non-English, but
0: the usage of it feels off to me. It feels like something that they they just sort of plunked on at the end.
2: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: I, I think the use of it, especially compared to, like, one of the entries in Melfest, which is also using uh, Sami language, it, it it kind of sounds like the vocal break in Korn's Freak on a Leash. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which, like, I and I, I don't mean that in, like, a disrespectful way, but just, like, audibly, it, they sound very similar to one another. And also, speaking of similarities, the opening of this song sounds uh, like it has a very similar structure to Sarah Alto's Monsters. Uh, from last year so it's just i'm not sure if norway was just trying to connect a number of dots from last year and be like okay this part worked this part worked this part worked let's uh mush them all together and see what comes out
0: looking at the what was in sort of the dual round uh one of the songs that i listened to when all 10 songs were announced that i found intriguing and i had no clue how they were going to stage it ended up ended up really liking the staging and they they made what feels like a very goofy lyric song work. Uh Mr. Unicorn. I like that one a lot. I like that one a little bit more than, than Spirit in the Sky, but I'm not the voter here.
1: Frankly, I'd, I didn't think Norway had a great crop this yeah, year, no, yeah, like, especially nothing. compared to the last couple of years, because they, they've really turned it out the last few years. So Yeah, um,
0: nothing grabbed me in the way that like Scandalove did last year.
1: Right. Or uh, like Grab the Moment or Mama's Boy from a couple of years ago. Like, I mean, Norway's been one of my favorites. And so this one's a little disappointing, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe after a couple of weeks, this one I'll be able to latch on to it. But as of right now, I'm just kind of eh, about it.
0: So maybe they're, they're actively aiming for like a 12th bottom entry. <laughs> bottom entry. <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't know why they'd want to aim that for that. But uh, just like a nice even yep. dozen. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So the last selection that happened on Saturday was uh, Portugal's Festival de Canção. And the winner of that was Conan Osiris uh, with (laughs) Telemoves. The more I watch this performance, the more I am really getting into it. Like it, it's kind of visually aggressive at first, but like just I don't know, like meditating on it, which I think the song kind of invites meditation. Yeah, I'm I'm just drawn in more and more each time. What, what do you think of this track, Ben?
0: Um, I do not get it and I do not like it the more I watch it. Oh. Yeah. I I don't get what's going on and I don't like it and I do not understand. I do not understand the hype. Okay. Uh- <laughs> it, it, it's fine. Like, this, this is why. This is why there are two oh. of us hosting the program. Yeah. yeah like it's this one just does not work for me. And like I find I find the visuals just in- interesting, but I don't understand them as like a whole. It just feels like a lot of things going on. Like there's the hand thing, and there's like the weird costumes, and there's the face mask, and then there's a song.
1: Yeah. The 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 face mask part. I'm also not fully understanding. The claws thing I is a change from the semi-final performance. And for some reason, I I think it works better than what they had before. <laughs> and uh yeah, I ended up going to like a weird rabbit hole, like just trying to look up the significance of those claws because they reminded, I, I don't know if you're uh, much of a gamer, but it reminded me of the character Vega from Street Fighter 2 and okay. how that character had Like long claws, and I think that character is based in Spain. So it was being like, oh, I wonder if there's just a cultural significance to these long claws. And then I found out that like all of the characters in Street Fighter Two just had like different names. And so like M Bison was actually uh, the boxer character, and Vega was Balrog. This probably means nothing to. (laughs) This is a very specific niche uh, that I'm trying to fill here. But
0: do do the claws have significance?
1: I could not find out that answer. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, if anybody knows about that, please ping please tell us, <laughs> us at Eurowhat what or at, at our email because, yeah, I mean, it's just like it, it's visually stunning, but I, I feel like there's a little bit more there and it's it must be adding to the story in some way. But I think the thing that most impresses me about this performance is the backing dancer on point in high tops like that. That's some skill right there. So Mm -hmm. uh, I I really appreciate how this performance is bringing in dance as well as singing. This one connected with the jury and the public. It won both the jury and public vote. So yeah, I can definitely see this being a divisive entry at Eurovision, but I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that it will be in the song's favor. At the end of the day, I mean, it's in the same semifinal as Hatari, so mm-hmm. yeah, there's going to be a lot of look in the first semifinal, and yes.
0: I am here for that. So. <laughs> yes. And then there's Georgia. Oh, that was that was slightly mean. Um, <laughs> it's it's fine. Uh, Georgia Idol has finished, mm-hmm. and the winner is uh, with Sulzin Iyar Era. <laughs> and it's fine it it feels like georgia is going to georgia
1: i think i'm more on board with this one than their last couple of entries like it it doesn't i don't think it's like they're out there yeah like i'm i
0: like this more than than Ethno Jazz or the previous year.
1: Yeah, oh well, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, kind of, kind of funny story. Uh, last year at the semifinal, where Ethno Jazz band Iriao was performing their song, the audience was completely not interested in what was happening on stage, like to the point where everybody was just having conversations, like while the performance is happening, and it was getting really uncomfortable because you could tell looking at the singer that he knew that nobody was really listening to him at all. And I was seriously expecting him to stop in the middle of what he was doing and deliver a stern lecture to the audience about being like, hey, I came all the way here from Georgia. You need to listen to my song. Mm-hmm. And this this year's entry kind of feels like the lecture that he was going to give. <laughs> <laughs> and I like this song, or at least... <laughs> Yeah, I'll will stick with I I like this song. I I need to sit with it a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. that th- that seems to be my theme this week. And also, we were both traveling this weekend, so yeah, yeah we're just kind of catching up on these songs, like on the back end rather than like as they were being revealed. So, yeah, I mean, need a little bit more time with this one, but mm-hmm. first impression. I like it.
0: I like some elements of it, but I think, like you, I need a little bit more time with it. And I think seeing it in the seeing it in its field to to better place how I feel about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, outside of the context of Georgian Idol, which is how this song was selected, like the video of this song that's available right now is like the final performance on Georgia Idol, which is like, all right, like this, it's. It, it just hasn't had time to breathe yet. Like, the bottle is open, but it, it needs to sit a little bit before we can really partake. All right. And then the last song that was selected this weekend came from Serbia. Uh, they had their Beovigia finale. And Navina Boževic with Kruna was the winner. <laughs> And Naveena has represented Serbia a couple of times in uh, various Eurovision contests. She was the representative in junior Eurovision in 2007, and she was part of the group Moje3, which competed in 2013. And did not qualify for Serbia. So that's that's unfortunate. So, uh, But she's she's back as a solo artist. And yeah, uh, Ben, what do you think of this one?
0: You know, just as a ballad, I like it. I think of the two ballads this week, I, I lean towards Moldova's a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like that one. This one is structured well. It's a good showcase for her voice.
1: I definitely agree that it's a great sho- showcase for her voice. A little confused about the lyrics and why they suddenly turn into English for a couple of phrases. And then it's in serbian for the rest of the song like why not just keep the whole thing in serbian but i i agree with you that i think i like moldova's ballad a little bit more because this one doesn't feel like previous serbian entries where it does that like sudden stop thing at the end of the song Mm -hmm. where it's just like oh no it actually kind of reaches a logical conclusion i don't know why i'm saying that that that's a bad thing (laughs) but yeah i mean it's different but much like georgia first impression i like this one
0: and I think... We'll, the, we'll and, be more like, verbose
1: about this when we have time to sit with these yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. t- talk about I, them I, I think, in the yeah. context of their front, well, Yeah, yeah
0: I, th- I think like the, the staging they've got so far is good. They've got... To go to another phrase that we've used a lot this season, it has good bones.
1: Yes. Yeah, I like the sort of sparse use of backing singers. Like, you don't really notice them until they're kind of providing ambiance in... The second verse and then they kind of add power to her voice in the choruses without like necessarily being like harmonies or like obviously we are backing singers uh mm-hmm. here for the artists like it's it's really showcasing her that just seems like a s- somewhat unusual choice mm-hmm. especially for the sort of ballads that go to eurovision so yeah. serbia bringing the interesting song structure as usual so mm-hmm. a fan of that
0: so we have the belarus national final on thursday I love a national final that's not on a Saturday. So go Belarus. Belarus. Leading up to the tenth, we have fourteen internal selections. Fourteen of them. (sighs) Yeah, we're we're gonna have to figure out something to to kind of speed round those. And I I have an idea that we're gonna that we should we should discuss. But in addition to that, uh, Sweden has the Melfest final on Saturday. Yes. Which I, I'm excited for that. We watched Andra Johnson over the weekend and sort of talked about the, the feels as a whole now that that's done. And I, I like the range of, of songs that are being showcased, the range of what, what Sweden is doing with, with music right now. And I'm interested to see how their new voting system throws a wrench into things.
1: Yeah, cuz I think even in the old voting system, it was going to be kind of a tight race. Like there are there are multiple contenders this time around where like it doesn't seem like there's that's always the case at Melfest. Usually there's just one or two frontrunners, but there are I would say four, maybe five songs that I could see emerging as the winner of this year's contest. And with the new scoring system, I mean, it it's anybody's guess i i have a pretty solid top five it could be something completely outside of that that ends up Mm -hmm. winning this whole thing
0: well yeah and what's nice is that unlike the past couple years where there has been one song where it's been like yes i feel very happy with like anything that like came out of my top five i think Mm -hmm. there are some i like more than others as eurovision tracks but again like that's that's great to have that many good songs coming into your final
1: Yes. And we'll be going into all of those in a little bit more detail in a special bonus episode that we'll be dropping on Friday. Stay tuned for that. And I'm just glad that selection season is almost over. It's
0: almost done. I'm
1: not happy about there being 16 songs in the next five days at this point.
0: Yeah, we just, got, we just got done covering, oh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We, we were supposed to have eight to cover, with the North Macedonians, like, we're going to wait until International Women's Day, and on, on one hand, go North Macedonia, on the other hand, come on, guys, 16 yeah. songs, 16 <laughs> songs.
1: Six. Uh, it's going to be a real traffic jam. <laughs>
0: yes. That's going to do it for this episode of The Year of What. Thanks for listening. The Year of What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith, that's me, and Mike McComb. That's me. You can find us on our website at EuroWhat.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at EuroWhat. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at esc at whatelseison.tv. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the EuroWhat on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast apps of your choice. Rating and reviewing the podcast when you subscribe also helps other Eurovision fans find us. Word of mouth is still the best way to get folks to listen, so please be sure to tell your friends about the EuroWhat podcast. We'll be back next week to try and make sense of what's new in Eurovision.